Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life, creating a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy. I use this fuzzy background on purpose, and I hope you're watching the videos, uh, because uh, it's going to relate to the topic that, that we talk about. Um, yesterday, we had uh, a guest, or the last episode, I keep saying yesterday, because for two years we did this every single day, and now we're doing it twice a week. So last episode, 708, we had a guest on, Simon Cardinal, who had a long history in the military and talked about the change that took place in him from being an arrogant kid to 26 years later being a thoughtful, you know, better informed, more capable leader. And now he's retired and he's doing work for contractors that service the Canadian military as well. And one of the things that I talked to Simon about and that spawned today's episode is just the topic of motivation. Uh, there's a channel, a couple of YouTube channels I really like that t to deal with motivation. One's called Motiversity. Motiversity, right? A combination of motivation and university. And the idea there is that there, it's an, each uh, video is uh, between, I don't know, 20 and 30 minutes long. Some of them a little longer, 35 maybe, and a little shorter, but whatever. They're all a compilation of talks given by notable people, uh, you know, people that you've heard of, Les Brown, and I think some voices are Denzel Washington, and but just all kinds of people talking about this thing, motivation. And sometimes, you know, in those kind of motivational talks, they're loud and they're boisterous and they're shouting and other times they're appealing. There was one lady, and I don't know who this was, on one of the talks that really talked about this idea of creation versus quitting. And, you know, what she mentioned that really stuck with me is nobody writes stories about the quitters. They, they don't. And we can take that as an indictment, but truly what it is is a fact. People don't write stories about quitters, not because they're trying to be mean or because they're trying to be, you know, judgmental. They're just not interesting because giving up seems to be our natural inclination. We just give up because it's too hard, whatever it is. Uh, one of the prominent things that's in our faces all the time is how good of shape we're in physically. Are we overweight? Are we underweight? Are we weak? Are we strong? Are we healthy? And you know, I can't watch anything. I mean, I don't watch very much TV anyway at all. And I follow no programs and there's no, you know, I don't have any of those things. Although once in a while I'll watch an old one that's 20 or 30 years old. I'll watch an episode a night or two every other night or something for a while. 
six months until I've watched many of them. But most, by and large, I don't watch TV, except once in a while I'll turn on the news. And since the beginning of this Ukraine war, this unfortunate monstrosity that has inflicted itself on all of us, especially those in that country, um, the news has been on a lot more than it might otherwise have been. <clears throat> because Joy, my wife, my angel, my blessing is Ukrainian. And so, of course, she has been paying attention to that from the beginning. Her dad was born in Odessa. And we also have a family here that is uh, had fled from the country and we're um, sponsoring them here in Canada. But anyway, when I watch whatever TV I watch, I'm astounded by the number of programs designed to help us as humans master our behavior and lose weight. You know, Weight Watchers and Jenny, Jenny Craig and Noom and Go Low or Solo or some other, you know, at least four that I can think of and Wadkins or Adkins or some kind of, you know, all kinds of these things. Uh, even apple cider vinegar, I saw an ad the other day for apple cider vinegar supposed to do something. I'm not sure what, but whatever. All of those are trying to be substitute motivations, substitutions for us simply taking responsibility for our lives. And, you know, partly it, it feels like you see these ads that say, well, you know, if you have this and this trouble, it's not your fault. And that's a favorite phrase. And I think it's an interesting way to look at things that are not how you want them in life. Because fault, you know, if you have an accident in a car, your fault means you did something wrong. And if it's not my fault about the physical shape that I'm in, then the question would come, well, whose fault is it? Am I going to blame society or advertisers or people who put all kinds of salt and fat and sugar in foods to get me addicted? I mean, all of those theories are everywhere, and you know, you know them all. So what if we stop worrying about fault? Because fault, the idea of fault is wrong. And in insurance, well, you know, we have to do that because somebody's got to pay the bill. Somebody's insurance company, hope, hopefully. And then insurance companies sue each other and try to get money and everything else because there's a lot of money involved. Well, in our health, and that's just an example I'm using because in this conversation about motivation, we can point the fingers in a lot of directions. We are now a society of fast food. When I was growing up, my mom was home. She didn't work most of the time during tax season, January to April. She did work for an accountant uh, some years. In fact, most years growing up, but not always. So most of the time she was home. She cooked dinner and she made our lunches and made breakfast. Like it was rare that we had prepared cereal, you know, cornflakes or Cheerios or Wheaties. That's all I knew. I suppose there were some others. We didn't have those. We had, you know, hot cereal, oatmeal or wheat mush or cream of wheat or something. There was a preparation. And then lunch, I took school in a bag. Usually, I never had a lunchbox, but little brown bags, right? And then dinner was a prepared activity. Today, uh, a staggering number of people don't really know very much about 
preparation of food, we do master the skill of microwaving things and reading the instructions and occasionally using the oven or the toaster oven here and there. So we've moved to a direction of fast food and we blame our busyness. We blame all the stuff we have to do. Well, we're going to talk about that in another one, another episode, because the choices that I make or that you make about how busy we are are our choices. We are constantly presented with the idea that if we don't hurry up and do everything that occurs to us, we're going to somehow miss out on life. Miss out on all the cool stuff we could do and all the memories we could create and everything else. And the truth is living itself is the most powerful experience you could have. Turn off the TV, turn off all of the things you're, quote, supposed to do. Just be alive and do the things that you're drawn to. Your natural desires as a human will have you love your kids and your partner and be involved in projects that are service and those kinds of things. And that sort of activity creates a rich and beautiful life. But anyway, I digress from the topic of motivation. So you can blame fast foods. Then you can blame the content of fast foods because, of course, studies have shown supersize and all the salt and sugar and you know, salt drives high blood pressure and then consumption of more beverages and sugar drives an addiction and fat and, and you know, fat and carbs together or sugar is, creates an engine for fat creation in the body or something. So we can blame those things. We can blame our sedentary lifestyle, TV. We can blame our work, sedentary lifestyle. We can blame whatever we want. And whatever we blame, it doesn't solve the problem. So here we come back squarely to motivation. And here's the crux. Motivation is not that inner feeling that drives you to do do something. Because when we make that inner feeling that drives us to do something, the meaning of motivation, then we, then by definition, we got to go somewhere, do something that gives us gives us that inner feeling that drives us to do something. So then I watch lots of health videos or exercise videos or whatever so that I can get that drive in me so that I can be motivated to do something. The whole setup is wrong. We're looking for something outside of us. And when we blame things, and I used health as an example, but it applies to everything, We're blaming those outside forces. The outside forces are going to be what they are. Greed is going to be what it is. Making food and cigarettes and nicotine products that keep us addicted is driven by greed. And that's going to continue to happen. We can't legislate stupidity out of existence. We can't. And so to turn to lawsuits and laws to try to fix this problem is wrong. It's, well, I'm wrong. It's a natural but if, uh, uneffective, not effective approach because there's always going to be a way to get a new thing to get around it. The real key is to look inside ourselves for this motivation. And where does that, so motivation, instead of being that feeling that drives me to do something, I'm going to define motivation as a choice to believe in and strive for any goal. It can be anything you want. 
to believe in and strive for that goal. What I notice and wrote about in the book, The Results Equation, you should read that if you want to understand this, but the clarity and power of your vision provides some degree, in fact, fabulous motivation. And in fact, the more clearly and powerfully you can see the future state, whether it's your wealth or your health or anything, the more clearly and powerfully you can see and experience that with details and reasons and feelings, the more inner motivation it provides. Now, see, that doesn't come from outside. It comes from me or you creating an intentional picture of our goal, whatever it is, so powerfully that it keeps firing this drive because we see it. And the important thing, at least, that I have discovered, and I describe it better in that book, The Results Equation, is that it needs details. It needs to have feelings like how we will feel, how you feel when you get there whether it's health, wealth, or anything else, a business you're trying to launch, doesn't matter. And then the reasons, why are you doing that? It's surprising to me, not anymore, but used to be. I would ask people what their goals were, because it's a natural question if you're talking to someone about coaching or achieving something, just like it would be with an athlete. You know, what, when's your next meet and what do you want to do? So I ask people what their goals are and they can't tell me, oh yeah, I want to have a lot of money. I want to have my time free. Well, exactly what does that mean? Most of the time, they can't answer until we've talked about it for a half an hour or maybe even an hour to understand that you got to be very specific before you can get to the stage of the details and the feelings and the reasons. I want to have a lot of money. Why? Because then I don't have to work. Why don't you want to work? Because I'm lazy. You know, you keep going down that road and it eventually sort of gets circular and doesn't really feel satisfying. When you go down a road of a goal and say, well, I really, this was true for me when I was nearly 100 pounds overweight in my late 30s. I had young kids and I looked at that and I thought, you know what? I don't want to be one of these heavy fellows who can't really play with his boys. The first two I had, well, the first I had was a boy and then a girl and then two more, two more boys. I don't want to be one of these dads that can't play with the boys or the girls. I, I don't want to do that. And I'm, I'm fat and out of shape. So I made a choice because I wanted to be with them and be able to enjoy and experience life with them. And I had the details. I had the reasons and the feelings all wound up in that. And so over the course of a year, I was able to lose uh, 90 pounds, which was, I needed to lose 80. I said almost hundred, but it was 85 or something. I lost more than I needed to. My aerobic capacity was easily that of a, you know, a teenager. And it was fun because in our church, I had the a a assignment of working with the scouts, boy scouts and stuff. And so we would go on camp outs and play capture the flag and run up and down the hill and everything. And I could easily stay with all of them. And that was after I'd been so heavy. But the thing that helped me do it wasn't drugs, wasn't pills, wasn't anything. It was this vision of being healthy because, and the reason is I, I want to have those experiences. So I created them and I wanted them really badly. And so motivation that lasts comes from inside. Now, I still like those Motiversity videos and some other channels too, 
because some of them are noisy and some of them are quiet, but they help us remember what's important. Sometimes when someone speaks and they shout and get all excited, we awaken in ourselves a, a moment of, yeah, I can do this. And it lasts, but it only lasts a little while unless we then go through this process of creating a clear vision with details, feelings, and reasons. So motivation is an inner, here's a definition, it is an inner commitment and conviction to do something that includes the details, the, the feelings, and the reasons. Because then and only then is that decision, that commitment strong enough to last. External influences will wax and wane. When we blame external things, those change. When we rely on external things, those change. It is an internal commitment, a choice that you make because you said so. Ultimately, that's it. So the next question, number two, is how do you get it? How do you get it? Because where we go a lot is we think that um, it's got to come from these outside places and thousands and perhaps millions of books, I don't even know, have been written about different ways to get it. You know, the 5 a.m. miracle and morning miracle. And I even, I help my clients create a morning routine that is far beyond motivation, but it is structure for the life they intend to live that they define. I don't decide, but I take them through exercises that help them define the life they want, when they want it to be where they are now, and then the process of evolving themselves as they are right now to that new place. One of the key pieces in how do you get it is don't start with negativity, start with encouragement. I don't know about you, but my notice is as soon as someone feels attacked, belittled, negative, down, they stop listening, the conversation ends. Well, that's true with yourself. So the minute you start criticizing yourself, yelling at yourself, saying, I should already have done this. How come I'm so lazy, stupid, weak, poor, whatever the language is, your heart, your motivation centers, they close down because they feel beat up. So the place to start is encouraging. Encouragement looks like this. I don't care where I am now. Here's where I am now. I can list it, my bank account, my health, my relationships, my business. Here's where it really and truly is. No fakery or anything. Here's where it really is. How how did I get here? Again, no harm, no foul. Just how, how did I get here? Well, in the case of my weight, I got here by, you know, eating very poorly and blaming my career for you know, lack of exercise and a bunch of other reasons. But it was clear when I stopped the drama and I just said, how did I get here? Well, I got here because of these things. Okay, fine. And I'm not moving right now because my current sets of behaviors and beliefs bring me here. So number one in getting it, start with encouragement. Number two, then figure out what is the smallest step? I can take to move from where I am in the direction of where I want. Now that assumes, start with encouragement. Step two is really get a really clear picture of what you want. If it's health, tape a picture on the mirror. If it's bank account, create a statement, a bank statement that has 
you know, the, the funds you want in it or the ownership of the deed of your home or whatever it is that represents that so you can connect with it, get a clear picture, okay? And then when you say, here's where I am and here's, there it is, the representation of what I want to be. And, you know, some people use vision boards and, and mind movies and all kinds of other things that help us remember what we want and we create those when we're in a powerful state, not in a weak state. Then the important question is, okay, what's the first step? What's the smallest amount I can do right now? Just moves in that direction. But what I notice is important is don't do any of this with negativity. Well, it's not fast enough. I should already be there. How come? Da, 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 da. I've never found that to be very helpful. Encouragement is far more powerful and more important than guilt or shame, whether you give it to yourself or you give it to others. Uh, I have a client right now who posts all over the place, people need encouragement more than they need advice, and I love that. So I'm in the people encouragement business. So how do you get motivation? You start with encouragement. You get a clear picture of what you want to do, and you start with the very smallest step. And here's the reason. When we set goals and fail, we get discouraged, we tend to have bad language towards ourselves, we blame it ourselves and we quit. If instead you create what I call the success cadence, which is I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it. If you create that, so then you become a person you trust. You know that what you say you're gonna do and the way to get there, if you're not that now, is to start small. Uh, often when I have group coaching programs, people will set pretty, pretty um, aggressive goals. And my advice is set a smaller one. Make, set one you know for sure you're going to do. And then another one you know for sure you're going to do. And as long as they're in the direction of your larger goal, you win because you're creating, I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it. That success cadence is a powerful invincible, unstoppable engine. I said it, I did it. So set small enough goals so you know you're going to do them and then just keep doing them a little at a time, okay? Now, the last question is, can I always have it? And the answer is yes. You can always have motivation. You may not believe me, but I will tell you how. So the, the question is, can I always have motivation? The answer is yes. Now, I say that with a caveat, there are days when, <clears throat> many days when I wake up and my body's been through a lot, a lot of physical stuff, uh, very vigorous martial arts and, you know, extreme skiing and different things. And I've hurt a lot, dislocated a lot. So I have a lot of busted things. And when I have x-rays, they tell me I have all this stuff. So I wake up stiff. I wake up ugh, wanting more sleep, just like anybody might but I have a process that I can do starting right there in my mind. And I've got sinus problems. So it's very frequent that I wake up with a headache until my nose gets washed out and, and so forth because it gets dry and the, the damage in my uh, sinuses and everything is pretty extensive. But anyway, so even waking up with a headache and creaky, I can create that motivation literally in minutes. The secret to doing that, and it works every time, 
So that's why I say you can always have it. Yes, works every time. Is to work and create a process that does that. That sounds silly, but it's like chocolate chip cookies. If you want a chocolate chip cookie, you got to find a good recipe. And you try different things until you find a really good recipe. And then you remember the proportions and the timing and, you know, how, how to do that. And obviously, I'm not a baker, but I understand that proportions and timing and how you mix the ingredients all have a lot to do with the success of the dish. So it's the same with your, I call it your morning ritual, your daily creation ritual. If you want to have motivation all day, then create it. And yes, it's possible. And again, this has to do with creating it from inside versus looking for it in a book or a program or a talk. Play with different things, how you talk to yourself, what you do with your body. I use the acronym SPEM, spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, to touch all the areas of my life. Spiritual is my relationship to the divine and higher self, God. Uh, physical is obvious, the body, and there's a lot of stuff that I need to do every day to get my body moving at all and out of pain and stiffness. Emotional is all the relationships, and mental is M is mental, so I use the acronym SPEM. But you can create whatever you want, but you need to have one if you want to be able to create motivation every day. And if you don't care, and if you're willing to wait for some externality to motivate you, then you can do that. But if you want to have the secret to having it, every single day there's a way to do that so i've described it briefly and that is create a powerful creation process part of my creation process is a document and the opening line is in this moment i create myself what in this moment i create myself because the truth is i am at cause and so are you I choose my thoughts, I choose my words, I choose my actions. And with those choices, I choose my thoughts, I choose my words, I choose my actions, I call into existence every part of my experience. That means nobody can affect me unless I allow it. Now that was a, uh, an interesting, and for me, it was a difficult place to get, but having arrived there, or at least close enough to feel arrived, there's always betterment to do, I've discovered I can create myself every day any way I want and have motivation all day, every day. So I share all that with you because if you want anything, you can have it. You have to have the motivation to take the actions to get there. That motivation is most reliably and most powerfully created inside, not outside. If you'd like my help in doing that, understand exactly what I do and the kinds of things I do, then I'm happy to share those. Uh, there's a website there on the video, yourultimatelife.ca. You can get on the list and you get an email every day about purpose, prosperity, and joy, about how to create that. And that includes this motivation to get it done and to move ever closer to your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the
the sky and your feet.